G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and this week I'm joined by Zach. How you doing, mate? I'm good, I'm good. It's good to be back again. How are you? I've been good, man. I've been good. You know, weather's been a bit up and down, which is uh, a sure sign that things are going back to normal in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love the rain. I have been. Yep. I'm very passionate about actually loving when it's like thunderstorms, um, but I do enjoy the warmth. You know, like you need to have those mm. sort of nice days to make the really shitty ones stand out as special. That's the thing you you you, you take for granted. <laughs> you know, the good days when you're kind of cooped up yeah. <laughs> inside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you. You start to reminisce about things that you really wouldn't actually enjoy. Like, I wouldn't actually enjoy being on a train in the middle of a thunderstorm. But after not being on a train in the middle of a thunderstorm for a whole year, God, I miss it. (laughs) Yeah, you just want to be out and and with civilization, with other people. Back to some sort of normal life scenarios. Yeah, but we can't do that right now, so instead (laughs) we listen to them on podcasts. Yeah, we do. And we experience them through games. So... You've been playing a little bit of Hades, I think. I have been playing more than a little bit of Hades. <laughs> <laughs> How's your time been with the game? Oh, loving it. Uh, absolutely loving it. Because I, play, I played it on PC when like it was still in early access for a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. My computer mm-hmm. could barely handle it. It screamed at me every time I tried to run it. Really? So now that it's out on Switch wow. and I can play it properly, it's a really nice feeling. And God, the game is so much better when it's not playing at about 10 frames per second. <laughs> I've been playing it on the Switch as well, and I've, I've been very happy with the performance of it. Oh, yeah. It runs amazingly. It just plays... It, like, controls really well. Like, mm, everything mm. is just really smooth. Yeah, and, and I don't notice the, like, the relatively low resolution of the switch screen i actually think the game looks beautiful on that screen yeah i like i actually noticed that with a lot of switch games in general they actually look quite good even when handheld like yeah they look slightly like lower resolution but they never seem to look overly like bad Mm, mm, exactly i think the art style goes a long way in making that the game looks so sharp and so good. Like, there's just so much detail. and The cell shading really works. Yeah, right. And I really like the way that it it, it makes 3D look kind of, like, uh, animated. Yeah. It, it's, it's so cool, right? The mix of 2D and 3D. It's got that really, like, cartoony sort of vibe. Yeah. And... It's just like the, the the cast of characters is oh, so a lot good. of fun. Like I, I'm very early in the game, so I haven't really met a lot of them. But it's been interesting just seeing the different kind of takes on Greek mythology because you usually think about Greek mythology and everyone just kind of being, you know, in this certain shade of white. But you, you I think it was, uh, I think it was Greg Kasavin, one of the the lead writer for the game, uh, if not like the the director and. Basically, he pointed out the fact that when they were developing the characters, they they came to the realization that just because the gods were revered by the Greeks doesn't necessarily mean that the gods themselves were Greek. 
Like they're kind of like yeah, like you know they they can pull from all sorts of different cultures and and ideas and, and images. Yeah, like I because I study uh, classical mythology at uni, mm. and one of the things that we learn, yeah. um, Dionysus especially, is actually an immigrant god. Like he's specifically in the yeah. mythology and probably in the actual like religion was brought over from somewhere else. Yeah. And it makes sense. So yeah, there's no like requirement for them to be Greek. And I think they do a really good job of and, it. And and if you think about it, like ancient Greece was a hotbed of trade and and kind of like, yeah. like you know, there's there's all sorts of people coming through from you know, from Africa, Asia, parts of Europe. Like of course you can kind of see stories and mythologies kind of getting shared. Yeah, like it was on the Mediterranean. There was it was on an ocean. Yeah. There was a lot of boats and a lot of mm, traveling mm. with different cultures. Yeah, and and the game kind of embraces that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, all the gods are such petty assholes, and it's amazing. Yeah, I think I think there is a lot of literature, especially in the modern day, that kind of portrays the gods as just being just powerful humans. Yeah, like they've got the same the same vices as us. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot of sort of modern versions of the Greeks are like they they take God as in like almost like the Christian God of these all this all powerful being who's wholly good and just kind of do that and then Hades is just Satan, which isn't yeah. really the mythology at all. There was more nuance. Oh, there was a right? lot more nuanced. The God of War games kind of portrayed the the gods as being assholes. <laughs> Haven't played the God. Maybe of War that games, is a so. bit more true to the way gods were seen back then. Who knows? Yeah, that's the thing. We actually don't know. And sort of like mythology got reinterpreted all the time, even back then. So seeing yep. a reinterpretation nowadays kind of just makes sense. It mm. just fits. I don't know, man. I think I think people need to just chill out. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of backlash talking about the depiction of the game, depiction of the gods in the game and how they're not Hellenic in the traditional sense. So, you know what? Good on Supergiant for, you know, saying F you. Yeah, pretty much. Good on for embracing it and just running with it. And I think, you know, I think it works out really well. I think all the god designs are fantastic. 100%. It also helps that the game is really, really fun. Yeah, like it's such... The controls are so, so like tight. I think that's the best way I can yeah. describe it. The controls are tight and like the gameplay loop of like going through the chambers is really just like just feels good. Yeah. And I love the voice acting. Oh yeah. I just like I just wish Cerberus gave a bit more like different reactions. Maybe that changes later on in the game, hopefully, but for now it's kind of like the same canned animations and responses i wish you could pet the other two every heads. time you pet him you can only pet the one head and that disappoints yeah. me greatly oh really yep hey you know what maybe maybe like like maybe end game end game stuff you'll be able to pet the other two heads maybe, <laughs> maybe. that's the reward for like finishing <laughs> everything else in the game but i ain't at that point yep. yet and i've only pet the one head <laughs> how many hours do you think you've put in or so uh, okay so on the PC, I think I put about 15 to 17 hours. On Switch, I yep. probably put about 10 to 15. But because I'd already played it on PC, I kind of knew how the game worked. I've beaten it a lot more, like way more than I had on PC. Okay. Because like on PC, it took me like God, 20 runs to actually beat the game. Whereas I beat it on my sixth on Switch because I kind of yep. already knew what I was doing. But the game keeps going after you beat it. Like you have to beat it multiple times. And I haven't gotten everything yet, yeah. so yeah. I was gonna say, like, since you played it in early access, what 
What's been the biggest change? I played it pretty late in early access. I don't think there... I think there was maybe one update in between when I played it and the final release. So I think the only real difference that I've noticed uh, is that the game... Like, there's an actual ending now. Like, previously, when you beat the final boss, you would just be told that the game's still being developed and you'll just have to keep waiting. Um, Whereas now (laughs) you actually get the ending. There's there's an ending. I think okay, there are a couple cool. of other little touches, but I haven't really... Like, that's kind of the main thing that stuck out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear the impressions of someone who's who played it when it was in early access really early on mm. compared to, like, the final release and see what really changed over the, the, the two years. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, like, quite a bit changed, but I'm not sure exactly what. It, like, that's kind of one of the pros of early access. Mm. You get to see those sorts of changes. Kind of, kind of being at the... Yeah, being like a fly on the wall in a way yeah just just kind of hovering around the kitchen watching the the recipe being developed (laughs) (laughs) getting to taste here and there (laughs) yeah pretty much Uh, but that's awesome man that that's 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 great i i'm keen to get back into playing some more of that it's just trying to find the time i've or i've been playing some rocket league in my spare time and that oh Star Wars just came out, Star Wars Quadrants, and I'm really into that. So I want to grab that, hopefully later in the week. That oh man, I'm so excited for that. But I don't know. I I feel like it's it's a recipe for disaster, and that I'll probably want to get the full like flight sim set up at home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so many people are bragging about. Uh, I that. haven't played any of like those sorts of games. Wait, Rocket League is free now, isn't it? Hundred percent, man. 100%. It's so fun. Ooh, okay. That's about to change then. Yeah. and I am about to play one of those games. Yeah. I think if you redeem it on the Epic Games Store, I think you get like an Epic Games coupon. Like a f- I got a $15 coupon for downloading Rocket League, which is free. I am always down to get free games and free coupons. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> So before we kick off the news that happened over the past week, let's talk about some of the awesome content that went up on Double Jump. We had Max kicking off the week with his review of Vaporum Lockdown. Then we had John continuing his flagship file series, and this time he was speaking about Demon Souls on the PlayStation 3. Then we had Ethan discussing Super Mario 3 All-Stars in a... In a uh, I don't know, it's a bit tough when you talk about a game, games that are 10, 20 and, you know, almost 30 years old. It's very hard to review something from the lens of, you know, 2020 versus when they first came out. And that's always going to be a tricky, a tricky thing to do. Then we had Ruby following up with her review of Hades, a little, uh, little game you might have heard of. <laughs> Just a bit. And then we uh, follow that up with a multiplayer talking about our favorite gaming accessories and peripherals. And to cap it off, we had Tom reviewing Projection First Light. So a great handful of articles there for you guys to all read after you listen to our podcast. Now, the news, Zach. This is, uh, I don't know, it's uh, probably not as heavy as previous weeks. Yeah, it's still a bit here, but yeah, you know, let's get into that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, story number one. And a little bit of a bummer in a way. So I'm sure 
people at home have been excited for Cyberpunk 2077 for a very long time, and games have been rev- uh, delayed a couple of times for various reasons, but now it seems that CD Projekt Red is firm on its November 10 release date to coincide with the launch of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S slash X, and some disappointing news has come out of uh, the Polish studio in that studio head Adam Badowski took to Twitter and confirmed Jason Schreier's report from Bloomberg where he revealed that employees had been sent an email telling them that they were required to work six-day weeks. So, you know, your regular five days and then one day off the weekend, um, essentially until the game is finished. So, you know, 60... Like, let's say, for example, you're working eight hours a week, eight hours a day, six days a week, that's 48 hours. And imagine pulling, like, you know, 10, 12-hour shifts, maybe pulling an all-nighter or something like that just to get this game done. I'll, I'll, I'll continue with the, the, the facts and the news before we, we talk about, you know, our thoughts on the issue. So, Adam Badowski uh, took to Twitter and basically said, you know, this was his like a very difficult decision for him to make and that the uh the developers would be quote unquote well compensated for extra every extra hour they put in and at the end of their financial year um 10 percent of the annual profit that the company makes in 2020 is going to be split with the team so like there, there's some some positive news there but i think the the thing that really disappoints is that uh, last year, uh, one of the studio's co-founders, uh, Marcin Iwinski, told Jason Schreier, back when Schreier was at Kotaku, that CD Projekt Red had already, quote-unquote, committed to avoiding crunch, which means, you know, working extra hours to get, you know, finish a, a game project, right? Now, mm. in January, uh, joint CEO Adam Kaczynski told investors that crunch would be required due to technical bug fixing and polishing and this is like basically an explanation about why the game was originally developed um delayed from i think it was uh april to september and the game's been delayed till november but still it looks like crunch is going to be required so you know cd project red made promises uh hinted at breaking those promises and now it's confirmed that it will break those promises what do you think about you know the the whole situation. Do you think CD Projekt Red's justified in requiring its workers to to work those extra hours to get the game done? Uh, short answer, no. Uh, longer answer, not really. Um, <laughs> no, I just <sighs> like in my eyes, mm. mandatory crunch, forcing your employees to go through that. Yeah, even if you're compensating, it's still not okay. Um, yeah, I, you know. Uh, I did an article earlier in the year looking at longer games, like why yeah. I thought games were too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an interview, and unfortunately I've forgotten the name of the person who did the interview. It was a... Um, I want to say they were a, a head of Naughty Dog or were an ex-employee at Naughty Dog or something like yeah. that. Um, but they said that, you know, increasing game length causes crunch, but crunch also just brings its own problems. Yeah, You know, it doesn't necessarily make the games better. Yeah. And besides, even if it did, it's still, I don't know, just a shitty sort of business practice. Yeah. And I find it almost ironic that 
you know, cyberpunk as a whole is a genre that's kind of really critical of, you know, shitty business practices and excessive capitalism. And here we have, you know, this massive corporation forcing its employees to undergo a shitty business practice to finish this game, (sighs) critiquing shitty business practices. Like, I mean, you talked about Assassin's Creed and and The Last of Us and, and games like that that are just so, like, huge, ambitious projects. You know it's like it's like an excuse for not being very good at managing resources like yeah you can you know this is you know this game's going to come out you know that this is the timeline to work with what like i don't understand why this happens like and why it's like like we talk about it now this being a big deal but like until recently like people just kind of accepted that this is a thing you know this is just something that happens you know yeah uh, i I still see people on social media you know trying to defend it as oh it's just part of the industry if you don't like it you shouldn't work it oh they're getting paid for it what are they why is it such a big deal like yeah and i hate the whole thing of like oh oh shut up don't talk about it we just want the game that's such a bullshit mindset what the fuck man like think of it's okay number number one think of the people who are going through this like think of their health their mental health not just physical health right think of like the condition they're going to be at the end of that six weeks and 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 second of all think about the the families Mm. you know of these people like they're suffering as well you can always make I, i i have a thing that I know it's cliched to say maybe, but I always have a thing like you can always make money, but you can't make time. Yeah. Like think of, you know, like what what is it? November? Like think that's uh, what another month. You know, you, you could be missing birthdays, you know, school holidays. You could be missing, you know, like a, maybe a dance performance or something like a, like important milestones or even missing just time with with your spouse or with your partner just at home. You know, like, it's so much more, like, I think people forget that these, the people who are making these games are not machines. Yeah. They are human beings. Yeah, they're, they're people, they have, they have this vision for what they want as the game. Yeah. They have this vision for what they want, but they shouldn't be forced to go through these shitty working conditions yeah. just to get there. And It's just a game. Yeah, it's just a game. I'm sure it'll be a great game, you know without the crunch as well i just don't see how it's necessary if if Mm. for example you know an animator wanted to stay back you know voluntarily to polish something up to make it even better that's fine if it's their choice but forcing your employees to stay back and work these extra hours just because you failed to plan for a deadline properly just because you didn't you know allow enough extra time that's yeah, or you didn't want to hire more people or, or yeah or you didn't want to hire more people you know it's it's kind of just skeevy yeah and and like we even saw it like rockstar where like the writing stuff like even even the like the hauser brothers you know the ones who run the company and you know like even if your managers are in the trenches with you that doesn't really make it it doesn't make it justifiable like yeah. <laughs> you know uh, and i i just I just hate the fact that it's we, we, like things haven't changed. You know what I mean? Like you, you think people would understand a bit more and, and 
like, do people not, like, it's, this year's been hell on a lot of families and a lot of people, you know, like, of course, thing, if you can't work in an office or something, like, you need to work from home and stuff, like, of course, your, your productivity is going to be lower, so, you could have seen this coming a mile away, like, there's, there's no harm in delaying it further, People are still going to buy the game. Yeah. And you know what? When it comes... You know what? Maybe even a couple of months down the track, like say it came out in March or something, people are probably going to be hungry. You know, they're bored of all the launch games. They want something new. They want to sink their teeth into some like huge adventure. Why not just delay it to that? Yeah. Like I know, like part of me wonders how much this is the fault of management versus directors versus publishers. There's so many factors at play, but... Regardless, someone has looked at this and thought, or some people have clearly looked at this and thought, no, we need to get this game out at this time exactly. We're going to put, you know, the people below us through hell in order to get there. Sure, we'll pay them extra, but, you know, we're still not giving them the choice. Yeah. Hmm. Or, you, you like, or you've created an environment where it's like, oh, no, you can go home, but if you do go home, like, you're going to be, like, left out of groups or you're going to be treated a certain way. You're like, letting you know, the team you... down. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that whole attitude. It's bullshit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, it's so prevalent that people, like, people think that it's, that because it's an industry norm, that makes it okay? It's like, no. Yeah. No, because yeah. it's a norm, we need to change it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me put it to you this way. How about this? All right. What, what do you think about this? Last year, when Marcin Iwinski told the press, like told Jason Schreier that the studio had committed to avoiding crunch, that was pre-COVID, right? Things were going well. The world was very different to that. Do you think it's fair that CD Projekt Red's copying all the stuff now? Like, do you think it's... Do you think that it can still be held to that promise given everything that's changed in the last 12 months? Uh, look, I don't know a lot about project management. Uh, yep. The way I see it, COVID has created a lot of circumstances that were, you know, unpredictable, unavoidable, I guess. But yep. I do still think that there is a failure to plan, you know, that forcing yep. your employees to do this, I still don't think it's really justified just because of COVID. Because, you know, the sort of the information is out there, right? The information on what's yeah. happening with the pandemic is out there. I don't know what the situation is, especially either in, um, where CD Projekt Red based, Poland? Poland, yes. Yeah. So I don't know what the situation with COVID is there. I don't know how, how like what sort of restrictions they have. For all I know, they have nothing. For all I know, they're all in full lockdown. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to say. Yeah. But at the same time, I think now, especially is a time when you want to keep your employee's best interest in mind, and this doesn't feel like that to me. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, I'm disappointed. There's there's a way to... Uh, there's a way to kind of discuss it and phrase it, and I don't think that... I don't think that CD Projekt Red's really handled this the best way. No. Uh, and I think... I think CD Projekt Red should have delayed the game and i think maybe microsoft and sony could have stepped in and and said you know what we're going to be fine this holiday season if your game you know isn't isn't out at the launch of our consoles like you know there's yeah i i think this is a 
I think this is like such a complex issue that affects so many different people around the world that it, it's going to take a whole like a concerted movement to make change happen. And yeah, I hope it doesn't get to a point where it's like we start hearing about suicides and and stuff like that, and then that's when something happens. You know, you don't want it to get that bad. And that's that's kind of part of avoiding crunch in general. You know, as far as I do know. Yeah the main reason that crunch happens is because of a failure from higher-ups to plan properly. So they yep. need to be preemptive. And obviously, you can't plan for a pandemic, but still, there needs to be yep. sort of... I feel like there they should be time available. It just wasn't used properly is kind of the impression <sighs> yeah. that I'm getting. And yeah, it's a tough decision to make, but so is the decision to delay the game. Like, that yeah. would have been... You know, yes, you would have had people headaches saying, oh, oh no get the game out there but overall i think people would have appreciated the fact that the game you know the the people making the game you know were able to kind of live some sort of a normal life yeah <laughs> for a little bit longer yeah like game delaying because you know they have to incorporate you know marketing and things like that and you yeah. know, what if they'd already paid for like ad space and things like that but still this yeah. is such a huge game that so many people have been waiting for yeah I people can honestly think that months. people who want to buy it people who are going to buy it will buy it like yeah this yeah. game is already going to cyberpunk 2077 is already going to sell amazingly <laughs> yeah even if the yeah. game itself isn't that good i feel like they've spent so long building it up that it's going to sell well regardless of kind of what happens I agree. I agree. Definitely. Uh, that's that's why I think it makes it all the more like disappointing that uh, the the crunch was not avoided. Mm, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe let's 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 switch gears to something a bit more positive. Uh, how about we 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 talk about some new changes in the world of Call of Duty and the zombies mode. Tell yes. us about Treyarch's uh, latest announcement, buddy. Uh, yep, so Treyarch has revealed uh, Call of Duty Cold War's revamped Zombies mode. Uh, so it's going to be uh, cross-generation and cross-platform. Yep. Uh, yeah. Weapons will have rarity tiers. Thank God. <laughs> there will be earnable field upgrades, craftable equipment, no more limits on zombie perks, and an exfiltration mechanic that rewards players but will also spawn more zombies as they try and escape to a getaway helicopter. That sounds cool. That sounds like, uh, I think it's like borrowing something from the division where uh, once you get to like the extraction kind of point, there's like, it it sends out an alert to all the players in the area. But in this case, it sends an alert, like basically notifies all the zombies in the area that there's, there's, there's meat here, fresh meat. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I look, I have pretty limited experience with Call of Duty, various zombies modes, but I have played a few at some friends places and like... I actually really, like, I like it more than, like, standard, like, multiplayer Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, and all of this stuff sounds pretty cool. I'm a big fan of cross-generation, cross-platform, just across the board. Mm. I wish more games had that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and I, I like the idea of being able to upgrade kind of on the fly. Like, it it, it kind of... You know how you, you've kind of got, like, your... Your overall kind of character leveling and things like that, but doing something within each each like match is really cool because like the like the 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 um like the upgrades are going to be like 
some like lethal equipment, tactical equipment, or even support equipment. So, I mean, you could imagine like setting up like, uh, you know, better like obstacles and barricades and things like that as well. Like, I don't know that that should change up the formula a bit. I mean, we you talked about that even the name Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, <laughs> like it's it's such a tired such a tired franchise in a lot of ways and maybe this is something that call of duty needs to kind of get a kick up its ass because last year's game was really awesome like people have really liked the new multiplayer mode and people really dug warzone so maybe zombies was like the last thing that needed to get like uh revamped for the the new kind of new generation of players and maybe this is the the ticket that call of duty needs to I don't know, stay relevant in terms of, like, being the top shooter, because that's that's the problem with Call of Duty, is that because it's not like a platform, even if you really like the game this year, there's no guarantee that the next year's game is going to be really good. (laughs) Yeah, like, Call of Duty is one of those franchises that I used to hear about constantly, and I feel like all sort of real conversation about it has just kind of just disappeared like it's just like oh yeah there's another call of duty of course there is yeah because like, there's no there doesn't really feel like there's much excitement there for the franchise anymore and, and to be fair like you and i aren't the target players like i know jake played a lot i know that other people on the team like they really dig Warzone. so maybe we weren't the right people to speak on it but i would definitely love to hear about what players think about the new zombies mode when it comes out you know in november I think it's November when the games are coming out, so we'll we'll find out soon. Yeah, and look, <laughs> we'll uh, probably see some more gameplay. Yeah, and look, I'm sure I'll end up playing this at a friend's place, like I did all the other Call of Duty zombies <laughs> modes, and I'm sure I'll have a good time. Yeah, you know, it sounds, it sounds fun. I'll say that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> could you could you imagine zombies mode becoming like free to play, like Ooh, Warzone? That I would play. Yeah. Again, free like, things. I'll take them. Ah, <laughs> uh, exactly. And, and and speaking of free things, one thing that isn't free is Yakuza Like a Dragon. And the probably ridiculous amount of money that Microsoft paid Sega to delay the game on PS5 uh, for however long it's going to be. So, basically what happened this past week is... Okay, I'm going to butcher this name, so I'm very sorry. So, Ryugo Gotoku Studio, which is the developer of the Yakuza series, owned by Sega, I believe. Yep basically announced and said that the the next game in the series yakuza like a dragon is is going to be released on november 10th instead of november 13th as it was originally announced and it confirmed that the the playstation 5 version is actually going to be delayed a lot longer than people were expecting so that is not expected to come out until march next year like that's that's a very long time if you if you uh think about it like um march 2nd is when uh like a dragon is coming out on ps5 and people who buy like a dragon's ps4 version the on the playstation network store so the digital version of the game once the game comes out on ps5 you'll be able to upgrade to the 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 new console version for free so i mean that's some some good news there but four months 
is a uh, is a long time. Yeah, this confuses me because I was about to say, like, when you were talking about it being launched on PS Five, I was about to say, yeah, this game's already out, um, isn't it? <laughs> like, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it's out Japan only at the moment, but I swore. Yeah, I think I think that's the I'm gonna thing do a quick with it. Google. I think it's coming stateside on all platforms except PS5 on November 10th. Yeah, so it was released January of this year and then is coming out November this year on everything except for PlayStation. So they're delaying it because Microsoft paid them. Yeah, so... so yeah, it is already out in So Japan. it's out in Japan. <laughs> so so it's out in yep. Japan, but not, in, not, yep, yep. not over here. I mean, funnily enough... It looks like Sega is going to be delivering the Xbox Series S and Series X's exclusive game. <laughs> like, it's not going to be Halo. Well, can we call it exclusive if it's also out already, or like technically already, on PS4 and it's coming out on PC, um, PS4 in the West? Listen, I'm, I'm trying to give Microsoft something, all right? Like, it's getting released <laughs> on everything. <laughs> Microsoft just paid money to have them not put it on PS5 for a few months, which, alright, I mean, I'm not gonna buy an Xbox Series S or X just to play Yakuza Like a Dragon (laughs) four months earlier, but maybe someone will, but I feel like if they were gonna do that, they probably already will just get it on something else. Uh, Um, I don't know, It's, it's, it's not the end of the world, like, it's only, like, three, four months, but... It's interesting because the Yakuza series is synonymous with PlayStation, <laughs> you know. Pretty much. I don't know. It's kind of a kick in the teeth, but money is money. You know, it's it's just business. It's nothing personal, I guess. Yeah. People are not happy. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> Like a Dragon does look really good from what I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's, so. it's a good twist on the formula. Yeah, like, I kind of like the change to turn-based combat. I haven't played much Yakuza. I've only played... I've played Zero and I've played... One of the other games, and I don't remember which one. People like Zero. Zero is really good. Yeah. It's really... Have you played it? Uh, no, not yet. Definitely want to play it, because it, it sounds so wacky. Yeah, it's weird as hell, you know? Like, you go from solving, you know, real estate disputes by beating people up to racing toy go-karts against kids, and it's like both of those are important storylines. Not really, but <laughs> that... they feel important. Yeah. Like, they're given as much time, screen time as each other. Pretty much. That's, that's the thing. Like, that's why I've always been kind of interested by the series, but it just always seemed very clunky. But then when I saw, like, reviews of uh, Yakuza 0 and... was it is it Kiwami? The one that's, like, the remake of the original game on PS4? Yeah, yeah, like, Yakuza Kiwami. There's Kiwami and Kiwami 2. I think because Yakuza 0 and Yakuza 6 use the same game engine, so they're a bit yep. more modern. So people were very happy with those. So I, I definitely want to play Yakuza 0, especially because it's like set in the 80s, which is always cool. Yeah, <laughs> like personally, I found the combat a little clunky. I don't play a lot of sort of beat-em-ups, yep. um, which is why I kind of like the change to uh, turn-based combat that Like a Dragon is. Yeah, the thing is, like, I, we, I watched the video for the PlayStation version, like uh, in the same tweet where Sega... Sorry, uh, the the developer, uh, RGG Studio. I'm going to call it now because it's much easier. <laughs> yeah. um, in the same same tweet, it showed off some gameplay footage of the the PS5 version, but it didn't. It doesn't. I don't know. Maybe the Japanese studios aren't doing too well in terms of graphics, like out and out graphics quality. 
as they used to back in, you know, the PS2, PS3 days. But the fact that the video was also uploaded to Twitter of all places probably doesn't help the video quality overall. So it, it looks like a fun game, but I don't think you need to rush out and play it on PS5. Just play it on yeah, what you've no. got. No, no. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a game that's on my list, but it's not like... Yep. It doesn't take priority. It's kind of it's just like, oh yeah, I'll probably play that eventually when I have time and money and it goes on sale and... Well, yeah, when I have time, money, and it goes on sale, pretty much. Yeah, whenever that can be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah, man. What's your, what's, your, what's your take on this next story, buddy? You want to tell us about what's happening in the world of Sea of Thieves? So streamers of Sea of Thieves have been uh, quitting over Rare's sort of lack of response to some really toxic behavior within the kind of community, especially within the streaming community. Uh, so as part of Sea of Thieves, kind of, um, sort of along with the game, Rare kind of promoted this, they called the Pirate Code. And part of yeah. that Pirate Code was everyone is welcome on the Sea of Thieves regardless of age, gender, race, sexuality, nationality, or creed. Yeah. And then there were kind of a sort of repeated offenses of streamers, fairly big Sea of Thieves streamers, harassing people online kind of stream sniping they were using information from outside the game like talking to people on discord to like affect things that were happening in yeah to grief people in game mm. and a lot of people like you know that's not okay um but then rare kind of took it a step further by actually partnering with some of those streamers uh the <sighs> harassment got <sighs> worse the when and i can't remember a lot of the names here because i'm bad at remembering names of streamers but i believe there were it's was rocco who was like is yeah. like a, a puppet that some that some people stream through? They spoke out against this behavior and uh, kind of just got targeted by fans, and it created this really toxic environment uh, that resulted with them actually getting called out rare for yeah. it. Yeah, like some of the streamers were like, "Say hey, Rocco, Carrillo, Jason Sully, Gullible Gambit," were some of the the streamers that quit in the wake of red kind of like doing yeah like they, they didn't work stuff. against it they actively almost seem to encourage it at points even though they they paid lip service to working against it but they didn't really do anything yeah and and like one of the like one of the the streamers that people kind of uh, weren't happy with uh what was it uh, i had it just there um lazar uh uh Jared Summit 1G Lazar. Like, this guy calls out your developers, calling them stupid fucking yeah. devs. And then, like, arguing with people who had kind of disagreed with him online and, and harassing them and stuff. Like, and, and then in, in, inviting him and his, like, his mate to jump on an official stream. It's, like, what are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a bit, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's a bit just messed up. Well, well, that's the thing. Okay, well, it's like a kind of like a wider discussion about you know the communities that develop around games. Yeah, you know? like from your point of view, you know, what role do you think game companies have towards you know moderating their communities? Do you think it's their responsibility, or is it like is it on the players? Like, what, what, what? How do you see it? Well, the way I see it. I'm in sort of two minds about this because I think to a degree mm. letting a community sort of develop outside of the control of the developers can be quite healthy. But at the same time, if you're going to do what yep. Rare did, if you're going to promote, you know, the pirate code, 
you actually have to work to enforce it. You can't just say, oh, our game is inclusive and then actively, you know, let the let this sort of targeted harassment slide, if anything, to actually endorse yeah. it. You know, that's you can't have your yeah. cake and eat it too. You can't, or rather, you know, not True. have your cake and not eat it. I don't know, something like that. You basically, yeah, yeah you like, can't it's... say we're against all of this and then do absolutely nothing about it. Do you think it would have been better if Rare didn't make that code? And just didn't do anything. Like, part of me feels like maybe it would have. <laughs> Look, this might sound a bit, I don't know, depressing or something like that. But game communities kind of a lot of the times do sort of end up with... So... Yeah, they, <laughs> people are terrible. Um, so... Gaming communities yeah, do it's... suck a lot of the time. Um, bloody disappointing. It's really yeah. difficult. And over-moderation, I think, can be a bad thing. But at the same yeah. time, you can't just sort of stand by when there's this very active harassment. People were doxing, you know, these streamers for calling out other streamers. You know, that's ridiculous. That's yeah. literally against the law. And to just not really comment on that, to just, you know, brush it aside, pretend it didn't happen, that's not really on. You built this online space. You should kind of, yeah. you have an expectation to sort of uphold it. Yeah, yeah, and like it, I know it's 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 difficult because I feel like as a game developer, like it it, it seems like no matter where you land on it, you can you, you you tend to ruffle feathers and and tend to upset players, and I think it's it's like with it's like with the the CD Project Red in a way, like that story and that you know. It's dollars versus ethics, you know. Like, in my opinion, I think it it always looks better to err on the side of protecting your players, like protecting the vulnerable players, or or just protecting the values of positive behavior, like encouraging. Maybe you, maybe if rare, maybe didn't out and out condemn you know, they're like players like Summit 1G and, and stuff like that and actually instead like promoted really good players or re- promoted positive behavior, that would have gone a long way to help. But not doing that and then giving a platform to the players who are known griefers is basically a tacit approval that this is the example of the behavior we want to see in this game. Yeah. You know? Maybe that is the true pirate code. Yeah. And if you're a young player, you're like, oh my God, these streamers, they're acting like this. Well, clearly that's the way I should be playing. That's clearly the way that I should be acting because this is the way that I see it. Yeah. Like, you know, streamers, they're not, you know, celebrities, but they do actually have influence over their fans, especially, and this might sound a bit odd, but especially I feel like younger people, they tend to, you know, if you're Mm. a bit younger, perhaps a bit more impressionable, you look at this person who's, you know, sitting in front of a camera playing games and doing quite well because of it, you know, have seemingly good relations with the developer, of course you're going to feel like they're sort of the role model of how that game is supposed to work or how people within that community are supposed to act. And then to take, Mm. to like, the way that that leads to, you know, people, fans of streamers taking action against other streamers who called out the shitty behaviour of the first streamer, 
it's it creates a really sort of messy situation that could have been avoided if Rare took action sooner. And that's that's the thing. Like, it's it's not just exclusive to Sea of no. Thieves and Rare. Like, it, it's it's pretty much any type of it's pretty much any type of online property where there's a community that forms around it. Like, even even as Double Jump, you know, we we have to work hard to make sure that we we keep the bad eggs out of the uh, the community but also we you have an opportunity to maybe educate and rehabilitate the people who are acting like dickheads or acting like shitheads online you know yeah and i think we take it as we've got the responsibility to make sure that everyone can feel welcome in the community but welcome not in the sense of welcoming you makes someone else feel like shit like you know welcoming your point of view actually hurts other people so it, it, it's we know like it is very difficult for us you know to, to balance that and i guess like there's been unfortunately a lot of stuff happening over the past few years where people who have very you know particular ways of thinking getting a bit more airtime, yeah. so to speak like okay <laughs> I wanted to raise a question to you. What do you think about moderating communities that develop relating to your game, but outside of it? So you've got things like, for example, Evo, you know, that sort of fighting game community, a lot of time develop, like sort of develops very sort of hands-free with like the developers don't actually create that community. It just develops on its own. Yeah. Do you think that developers are responsible for those communities as well? Yeah. Because you can choose not to be involved. You can choose to say, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if it's like guilty by association, but if you, like like say Capcom, yeah, and, and Capcom and, and Street Fighter, Street Fighter and Evo, you know, they're kind of like symbiotic in that way, right? Like one kind of, one one and the other kind of need each other they kind of they promote each other they build the player bases and communities around it right but capcom doesn't run evo but capcom let's say let's pull out like say capcom didn't sponsor evo at all right evo is still a showcase of capcom games and if someone in the evo community was said something really bad capcom's if capcom lets its games get played on that stage and be represented by people with those values, then you're kind of approving the values. You're kind of creating that association between your values and the values of that other party, right? So whatever, so people are going to create that association and you've actually kind of like, you may not have said it out and out, but you've kind of approved the way that they behave. So if, say for example, you you know, a toxic community forms around your game, I feel like you kind of have, you have a choice to make in, do we stop this? Do we say something? Do we look after our players? Or do we just let it happen and pretend and and just sit back and, and just collect the checks? And I feel like a developer, I, I feel like the business decision may be one thing. You don't want that bad press. But me personally, I feel like, there's a there's a moral obligation there's like kind of like a 
a social contract we, you have with society to make sure that you're creating a, a more positive environment. So, yeah, I, I do see like there is a there is a responsibility there for uh, like game companies to be aware and to to look and moderate the communities that form you know adjacent to their games because the, the, after all you're still involved with it mm. yeah like it's difficult it, it is it's you know like i i don't envy the people who have to deal with that sort of community engagement side of you know game development basically yeah it's a tough job i mean the game i mean you could just turn around and be like say you know what you guys have your opinions you guys have your thing Okay, we can't stop you from doing that, but don't use, don't get involved with our game. You know, don't stream our game while talking about this stuff, please. You know, or or don't feature our game at a tournament that you host or an, an, at an event that you host. I think those are the those are the things that the the game companies can do to to stop the association. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes inaction is yeah. action, right? Yeah, like by doing yeah. nothing, you're yeah. basically saying this is okay. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe you should just out and out say it. Yeah, we think it's okay. I think that's better than, you know, maybe that's that's kind of what, maybe that's part of the secret to someone like Donald Trump being so successful is that he kind of owns it in in a weird way. Like he says, yeah, I, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm like this. I'm like that. I like this. I like that. Whereas a lot of other people like, you know, we talk about like Hillary Clinton and stuff like that. Like, I think the perception around her was that you couldn't trust her because she would deny a lot of things or would skirt around it, whereas Donald Trump would just kind of say, yeah, this is what I thought. Yeah, this is what I did. So what? You know? I think I think, I think think it's kind of like that that whole whole idea of just own it. Mm. <laughs> you, people can forgive you, but because they... People can forgive you because they know what you did, but people may not want to forgive you if they don't know that you did it or they don't like the way you've answered a question or something. I don't know. It's it's complicated. That's all I can yeah, really say. definitely. <laughs> Maybe one thing we can touch on before we move on to closing up the show is maybe a little bit of positive positivity. How about we how about we let our audience know about some good news coming from the world of Apex Legends. So finally, I feel like it's been almost a year. Crossplay is finally coming out on Xbox One, PS4, and PC for Apex Legends. About so time. it's going to go into beta. Yeah, it's going to go into beta this coming week. So keep an eye out for your game options, no matter what platform you're playing on, because it's about time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this is good. This is this is good. And naturally, you do have the option to turn it off if you just want to stick with people who are on your platform. You can do that. That is an option for you as well. Um, and uh, you, they've also... Respawn, the developer, has also tried to make it a bit more even in terms of people who are playing on mouse and keyboard versus people playing on console with controllers. People who are playing on Xbox One or PlayStation 4 can still play... can still party up together with PC players. Um, but they all they'll most likely be uh, paired up with each Makes other. Sense. So console to yeah. console. which and, and PC, console players can play together, PC players can play with other PC players, and then you can party up and play together if you want to. You can, I think it's kind of like Respawn saying, you know what, 
if you guys are playing with your mates, you accept the fact that you're probably going to get schooled by some people with, you know, a super freaking, you know, high refresh mouse or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like <laughs> I said earlier, I'm big fan of crossplay in general because, you know, I, I just don't have a very good PC and a lot of my friends do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm just a yeah. big fan of crossplay yeah. in general. Don't segregate your audience too much. Try and keep it all nice and together. One community. Exactly. And it looks like sort of like what's happening with Rocket League and, and Fortnite is you, you kind of like link it all together with your like your, your EA play account and and then that you link that with your, your PlayStation network, your Xbox Live and your Origin oh not yeah, it's Origin for now, but eventually you'll be able to link it with Steam as well. So you know what? Keep an eye out. It's gonna be fun. It's it's always a good thing to have to be able to play with your mates no matter where no matter what system they're on. Yeah. So you know, good on Respawn for finally adding it to the game. And yeah, it'll be exciting to have more people. Maybe Ed and Ed and stuff can join. Maybe even yourself Maybe bro, can. can join yeah. us. Because it, it'll, it'll come out on Switch soon as well. So that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Will be, yeah. That was some good news for the Apex Legends community. And speaking about the Double Jump community... If you want to send your emails or your questions through to us on the show, you can email us at podcast at doublejump.co or shoot your questions through on our Discord, which you can find at doublejump.co slash Discord. Our stream schedule's just gone up, so expect to see a whole lot of shenanigans in RimWorld, Rocket League, Final Fantasy VII, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And as always, the Jackbox streams will continue as they do every Saturday night. So please head over to our social media pages to see our up-to-date streaming schedule for the coming week. Uh, Zach, is there anything you want to really, uh, you know, plug before we we say goodbye to everyone at home? I'm just going to add that we do have a Patreon. Consider becoming a patron. Hell yeah. Give us some support. Show Hell us some yeah. love. It'd be nice. <laughs> Yeah, doublejump.co slash Patreon or patreon.com slash doublejump. Always appreciate the support that you guys give us. It lets us, you know, record the shows, you know, buy the games and, you know, keep the site going. And, you know, there's we've got plans to make it even more bigger. So definitely would appreciate your help. And, and thank you to all of our uh, Patreon patrons who've been supporting us all along. So thank you. Thank you very much, everyone at home. Yeah, Zach, I wish you the very best of luck. You've got a few weeks of uni left, so I know it's not going to be easy, so good on you, mate. Yeah, still at it, but it's going well. It's going well. I wish all the best for you too. Thanks for having me this week. I expect your paper on the depiction of Greek mythology in video games on my desk on Monday, all right? Okay, but I am actually working on an article for Hades. Um, (laughs) Damn it, spoil it. (laughs) Slowly, slowly, slowly. It's I'm I'm not entirely sure where I'm taking it yet, but I'm definitely looking at doing a bit of a Greek mythology retrospective. Huh. You know what? That's going to be an interesting read. A nice teaser for the folks at home. Don't expect it anytime soon. I have to do a lot of research for that one because Hell Greek mythology yeah. is great, but God, it's hard to read sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Especially if... I mean, you can... Can you read Greek? No, I cannot. Okay, fair <laughs> no, enough. No, reading Greek is not part of my course. 
I know like three Greek words because they come up in every single text ever. <laughs> is your surname Greek? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and my first name comes from, like my first name in Greek is Zisis, which comes from Zeus. And that is not a good god to be associated with, but it does mean my name translates to King of the Gods, and I am happy about that. Hell yeah! You, you, the, I'll put that when when you have to update your Tinder profile. I'll I'll pop that in a DM to you, and I'll be like, hey man, don't forget to add this to your byline, all right? King of the Gods, yeah, of course. Hell yeah, of course, of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, mate, I'll leave you to it. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your time with Hades and the research you're doing. And yeah, everyone at home. Until next time. Look out for one another. See ya. All right, have a good one. See ya.